God has been removed from government. He's been removed from schools. He's been removed from his own institution of marriage. That's his institution. I ain't gonna remove him from his own thing. He said, are you removing me? No problem, I'm gone. I'm out. But understand, now you gotta live with the consequences of a world without me. So don't complain to me when your world's going crazy because you removed me from it. So, so, so when all the murders take place, that ain't me, that's y'all killing y'all. It's because I've given you over to the lust of your flesh. I've given you over to a reprobate mind. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rama Talk Podcast. And you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. We're going to have some turbulence, so you might as well put on your seatbelt because it's going to get bumpy. Amen. Amen. I may not get too many amens. I'm going to go depend on the lights and the walls to help me out here today. It's going to be one of those rough ones. Uh, it's going to be all right, though. It'll be all over in the morning. That's, that's what whining said, at least. It's about to get real bumpy in here. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn me to the book of 1 Kings. I've been dwelling in Kings a lot. I've just been reading the book and finding little nuggets here and there. We're going to be in 1 Kings. This week, last week was in chapter 17. This week we're going to be in chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to start reading at verse 16 down to 21, at least to get us started. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 16 through 21. If you do not have your Bibles, we will have it on the monitors. And today I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, because I like the way they put it in plain English for me. When you get it, please say, I got it. it. If you're still turning, say, hold up. Amen. 1 Kings. 1 Kings. It's right after the book of Samuel. Amen. If you get to 2 Kings, you've gone too far. <laughs> Amen. 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm going to start reading at verse 16. Listen to what it says. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come. And Ahab went out to meet Elijah. And when Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So it is really you, you troublemaker of Israel. I have no, I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the image of Baal instead. Now summon all of Israel to join me on Mount Carmel, along with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summons all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? Yeah, it's going to get bumpy today. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And listen to the response of the people. But the people was completely silent. My sermon title today is, What You Gonna Do? What You Gonna Do? What You Gonna Do? I would like to suggest today through the life of Elijah that the amount of supernatural power you experience in your life is directly connected to your spiritual commitment. Uh-huh. 
Can I say that one more time? Through the life of Elijah, I'm going to prove to you today that the amount of supernatural power you experience is directly connected to your, to, to your level of spiritual commitment. Can I give my brief testimony from last night? So, so last night I got home and I told my wife, let's stop at Rite Aid because my, my throat was bothering me. So I went to Rite Aid and all I bought was some halls. I said, maybe there's, there's, a, there's a, you know, knock it out for me. But in the middle of the night, God is my witness. I could not, I felt like my throat was closed. I could not utter a word. It was so painful. I could not sleep last night. And the halls wasn't working. <laughs> I could not say, I couldn't utter a word. That's how my, so, and I, I, I said, all right, God, check this out. I'm going to preach your word tomorrow. I said, now, I need your power to loose this thing so I'll be all right. And listen to what I'm telling you. Immediately, I began to utter words. I don't have that feeling in my throat now. Because I made a spiritual commitment, so I experienced the supernatural power. Immediately when I prayed to God, it happened. I said, thank you, Lord, and went to sleep. Because that's how, that's how my God is. He's that bad. He don't need a whole lot of hype. He didn't need me to say a whole bunch of deep words. And just deep, I just say, God, listen, I need you. He honored my commitment. And he gave me the supernatural power. Can I give you a, a sidebar? Don't, you can't be a part-time Christian and expect full-time miracles. Amen. See, people would have a halfway commitment to God, but want him to bless their life fully. Don't work that way. You get part-time wages because you only work part-time. Mm -hmm. I know it's going it's to get bumpy. Put on your seatbelts. Uh-huh. So Israel, let's get to the text. Let me talk about Israel for a minute. Israel was dealing with this problem which brought Elijah onto the scene. See, their problem was they were attracted to idols. Mm -hmm. Their attraction at this time was to Baal and to Asherah. These idols had consumed their culture, and even in the household of faith, even those who call on the name of the Lord was worshiping these, these idols. Now, an idol, we know what an idol is. We've talked about it several times. Anything that you put before God is an unauthorized noun. You know what nouns are. There you go. And it's not approved by God. And you know, most people in our, in our culture say, well, you know what? We, we're, we're westernized and we're very civilized and so we don't, we don't have idols, we don't worship you know in some third world countries they worship cows and rats and they have little figures that they create and, and they call out and they worship those things and people who practice voodoo have all types of little things that they worship and we don't do none of that stuff here but I want to tell you that we have American idols our American idols can be your house or your car or your bank account Things that you put before God. Mm -hmm. I'm about to park at someone's bike spot. Uh huh. That 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 power, that position that you're seeking for, that title could become your God. Mm -hmm. See, see, see. Oh, y'all, y'all getting y'all right in this Lutheran church, okay? Y'all getting quiet on me. See, see, see. A God is anything you put before God. Anything that you you look to be your source or you look to to be your provider that can become. 
your God or your idol. So let me set up my text. Let me, let me, set, let me set it up. So, so let me tell you what's happening in the beginning of chapter 18. So what happened was Elijah came to the king. Ahab is king. And he's married to this woman by the name of Jezebel, and she's off the chain. And she really running the show. He one of them men. Ain't got no backbone. His wife called all the shots. Yeah, yeah, one of them. Now he's king, but she really running the show. No backbone, but he would he crack slick in front of everybody else. But when he get home, she running the house. I'm gonna leave that one alone. So, so what happened was Elijah came to him and said, "Check this out, Doc. It's not gonna rain until I say it's gonna rain on the earth. It's gonna be years." Ahab like whatever. Boom. Didn't rain. Three and a half years passed by. That now because there was no rain, there's a major drought and famine in the land. So Ahab, as the king, he going out there, he trying to find Elijah. Ain't no water because he says we need to find him so we get some water going on here. Now in the midst of these three and a half years, Jezebel is running buck wild. She's killing all the prophets of God, knocking them out, killing them. So now in, inside of Ahab's house is a servant by the name of Obadiah. Now Obadiah is a, is a man that loves God. So what he did was he found out Jezebel's plan. So he took 100 prophets of God and hid them in caves and fed them bread and water. Now how to get bread and water in a famine? See, God going to take care of his people. You got to understand that. Even a famine, he's going to look out for you. It may not be steak, but he's going to have bread. Amen. He won't take care of your needs according to his riches and glory. You understand that? And so, so he, he hid them, and he, he's feeding them, and he's looking out for these prophets. So, so this is what happened. So Obadiah, he in the house, Ahab comes to him and says, listen, go try to find some grassy fields so we can at least feed our horses because they all dying off too. We need to be able to feed our livestock so they don't die. So Obadiah is now, by this time, God had gave a word to Elijah and said, go tell Ahab Raymond's coming. So Elijah's on his way to Ahab, and then Obadiah's out there trying to find grass, and they meet each other. And Obadiah said, whoa, what's up, Elijah? Where you been? He said, man, you know, the king been looking for you, Doc. He's like, well, where are you? He said, I'm going to tell him I'm coming to see him. <laughs> Look how bold Elijah was. And they tell him, I got a word for him. He said, I ain't going to tell him that. <laughs> Obadiah said, no, 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 no. See, if I go tell him, he's going to kill me. He said, you understand, this is what Obadiah told Elijah. He said, listen, he went, Ahab went to every city around here. And every time somebody said you wasn't there, he cut him off. Even though he, you wasn't there, he still cut him off because he think they, you were, they were hiding you and harboring you. He said, so if I go back to him and say that I found you, he's going to kill me. Elijah said, man, he ain't going to bother you. As sure as God lives, he won't touch you. And he was like, all right, we'll, we'll bet. I'm going to go back and tell him then. But I want you to look at two things. Look at the faith of Obadiah. Yeah. But look at the faith of Elijah. He's walking to a man that want to kill him. Yeah. Who's king, Lord? He says, his word. And he'd have been dead. He ain't scared of that. He said, God is with me. If God gave me a word, he's going to be faithful to his word. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's our problem, church. God will give us a word and we punk down. Yeah. 
because of the kings and because of those who are around us. If God, you got to stand on his word. You got to know that his word is true and it will not return to him void. So if he sent it out, it's going to accomplish what he sent it out to do. Yeah. And so if he told you to do something, you got to do it. Yeah. Whether you're uncomfortable, whether it's going to take too much time, no matter whether it's you're going to be threatened, so what? God going to look out for you. So Obadiah went back home and said, Ahab, Elijah on the way. He said, a word? He said, I'm going to go there and meet him, which brings us to our text. Look at verse 17. And it happened. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Now, how is Elijah the troublemaker? You understand the reason for the famine is because Ahab is king and he drove the whole society down to worship these pagan gods. Him and his wife. See, they, they were worshipers of Baal. And so as the head goes, so does the body. So the people are going to follow their leader. And so because they, the, uh, Ahab and Jezebel was following Baal and Asherah, so did everybody. So it ain't, it ain't Elijah's fault. But look at Elijah's response to this. In verse um, 19. No, 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 18. And he answered and said, you and your family are the troublemakers. He said, for you refuse to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the image of Baal instead. Look at the boldness of Elijah. Right. He went to the king. He gets smart. The king he said, it ain't my fault. It's your fault, bro. What you going to do? <laughs> He's king. He's just a preacher. I can't do that today. I can't even go in the White House. And if I do, I better not crack slick. <laughs> Secret Service would be all over me. Understand that. But see, there was a point in history, there was a time in history where governments and political leaders respected the people of God and, and God himself. Uh, there'd just be a time where political leaders would go to the church for advice. There was a time where they considered where the church was before they made a decision. Those days are long gone. Uh, and, and so we see this decline. What's going on out there? We see a decline in their culture because they chose to follow idols instead of following God. Put on your seatbelt, about to get real bumpy. In 2015, we see a similar decline in our culture because they have denied God and have followed their idols. Mm -hmm. How can we sing in our country songs like God Bless America? How can we have on our currency in God we trust when our country could care less about God and his standards? We see all the chaos in our country, and I'm going to show you why. Let's go to Romans 1. Put it on the screen for me. Here we go. I'm going to show you why. You know, I've had so many people come to me and ask me, Pastor, why do you think there's so much killing going on and so much just mayhem in our society and all this racial tension and all this stuff that's going on in our society? Why do you think it's happening? I said, read Romans 1. Let's read it. I, I, I almost, let's read it. Just, just, just watch. Just follow me on the screen. Do what it says here. I'm going to start at verse 21. For although they knew God did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Next verse. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. 
and exclaim in the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds, animals, and creeping things. That's their idols. Therefore, God gave them up in their lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. It's about to get real shaky for y'all. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creature as rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Here we go. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And their men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with a passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving it in themselves. Listen, the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. And some Bible says a, a reprobate mind. To do whatever ought not to be done. Now you can argue with me all you want. That's the word of God. Because as a society, we have said, God, we don't need you. God has given us over to a reprobate mind. You know what that means? He just said, all right, I'm going to move out the way. I'm going to let y'all do whatever you want to do. And I'm going to let you self-destruct. See, when God removes his hand from our society, what we are living in is what we will see. Men killing men. Men thinking it's okay to be women and women trying to be men. That's all because he's given over to a, a, a reprobate mind. He said, that's what you want? I'm going to give it to you. Now, you can argue with me all you want, but this is the word of God. God has been removed from government. He's been removed from schools. He's been removed from his own institution of marriage. That's his institution. I going to remove him from his own thing. He said, are you removing me? No problem. I'm gone. I'm out. But understand, now you got to live the consequences of a world without me. So don't complain to me when your world's going crazy because you removed me from it. So, so, so when all the murders take place, that ain't me, that's y'all killing y'all. It's because I've given you over to the lust of your flesh. I've given you over to a reprobate mind. If you, you like it, I love it. Have at it. But understanding the wages of sin, he ain't changed his word. As much as we change it and try to switch it around, oh, it ain't that bad. Oh, yeah, it is. Talk to God about that. Y'all quiet, but it's all be y'all be okay. You'll be all right. This is what we call God's permissive judgment. Or it's passive judgment. Let me tell you what his passive judgment. His passive judgment is when he allows things that he just he says, all right, I'm gonna take my hand off of him. I'm gonna let him just do whatever they want to do. And what, and what we are experiencing even in that is the grace of God and we take advantage of his grace. See, the only reason we're not experiencing God's direct 
judgment is because we still hear the church. That's the only reason the world ain't really getting it. See, God really wanted to put it down like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. He wants to really put it down. He wants to sit down on fire, but he said, I can't do that because my bride is still here. The only reason he ain't bringing the thunder is because of us. But even us, church, we're taking advantage of his grace. Because we're going contrary to what God has said in his word. Why are we following idols? Why, why are we chasing after things and not him? You know, he owns all things. He has all things. So when you get him, you get everything. We chase his stuff. Just to say we have stuff. But then, when God has given over to this debased mind, we think, it, look, it's, it's just getting started. We ain't seen the worst of it yet. The church about to be persecuted. Think about it now. You, you can't even say you go to church. People will fight you and challenge you. I don't know how many times I've been attacked on Facebook, especially, oh, oh God, when they, when they say that, you know, gay marriage was legalized, oh, God, I got attacked. You nothing but a, look at you, you're, you are, you, God is love. You look at you hating. I said, who said I was hating? All I'm saying is what he said in his word. I love everybody. I don't care what your lifestyle is. You got to deal with God about that. Right. Not me. I love everybody. However, I ain't got to condone your lifestyle. That's right. That's right. If that's your thing, that's your thing. You got to deal with God with that. But I'm not going to change his word and say, oh, well, he didn't really mean that in his word. He, this is 2015, so he, we, we can make a new word. No. His word is true. And I had one, one person say to me, well, you only get on uh, uh, a homosexual. What about? I said, no, I talk about everything. I don't just get on. I, I don't pick nobody out. I get on everybody, including myself. I understand what the word says, but, but, but understand that when you stand up for Christ in these last days, you will be persecuted. So my question to you is, what you going to do? What you going to do? You will keep following Baal and Asherah, or are you going to follow Christ? So Israel was experiencing, get back to Israel, let me leave y'all alone. So Israel was experiencing life without God. So Elijah said, gather all the nation of Israel together to Mount Carmel. Look at verse 19, look what he said. Give me verse 19, there it is. It says, now summon all of Israel to join me on Mount Carmel along with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of, of Asherah who were supported by Jezebel. Understanding these prophets were supported. Some translators said that, she eat, that they eat at Jezebel's table. Right. Jezebel is supporting these, 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 these pagan prophets. Now listen to the matchup. Listen to, listen to the matchup. Two gods, Baal and Asherah, 850 of their prophets against the God of Israel and Elijah. That's the matchup. Elijah wanted to be fair. <laughs> he want to give them a chance at least to try to win. 850 y'all, me by myself. One God. One word. You know what I mean? Me. All day. One God. That's, Elijah was ready. By myself. Okay? So let's see what happened here. Let's go to verse 20. So Ahab summons all the people of Israel and the prophets of, to Mount Carmel, verse 21. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer, he talked to Israel, will you waver? 
hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Um, he, 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 what Elijah is saying here is that I think this is a Raymond word for us today. He says, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? God on Sunday and your other gods Monday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. He said, you look like a drunk person wobbling between two opinions. This is what you look like. Staggering on this side one minute, on this side the next minute. This is what we look like, a drunk person. Can't make our mind up. He says, you know, how long will you waver? So that's my question to us, to our world. To our, I, I, I ain't talking to y'all, just the church. I'm talking to people that's sitting behind you. <laughs> but here's my question. How many, ser how many sermons on commitment will you have to hear before you make one? Wow. How many services will you have to attend before you make a decision? Mm -hmm. How long you will you keep playing church? How long will you be an undecided Christian? Mm, I'm about to, mm, the kids in here, I'm just going to make this real clean. We got a lot of bi Christians in the world today. Mm -hmm. You know what bi means? This God? Or this God. One minute I like this God. The next day I like this God. I'm going to call them Almond Joy Christians. Sometimes you feel and sometimes you don't. I'm trying to keep it clean. Almond Joy Christians. Waving between two gods. Waving between two opinions. Make a decision. Uh-huh. Worshiping God on Sunday. Then hugging other. Let me, let me, let me, let me illustrate. Come here, Autumn. Mm-hmm. I got to make my decisions in my collection right. So this, this, this is what we look like. <laughs> But I'm thinking about you. <laughs> this is what we look like to God. Because we're hugging our idols, but we tell God, I, I love you. Wow. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about you. The whole time we're hugging our gods. You, you see how carefully I picked the person I hugged, too. <laughs> I ain't no dummy. <laughs> and I ain't Ahab either. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. 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 I'm a, listen, I've been in this game for a long time, Elder John. I've been married 20 years, bro. I know how to do this thing. Amen. So why you pick sister so-and-so to hug? No, 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 no. Not the kid. Amen. And amen again. Amen. But that's what we look like to God. We, we, we're, we're hugging our idol, but yet we're looking at God and saying, God, I love you. How does that make you feel? 
the person say they love you, but they're hugging somebody else. They spend their time with somebody else. Spend all their resources with somebody else, but they say you, they love you. They just drop in on you every once in a while. She's been God like he a jump off. How long was the question that the prophet asked? How long will you waver between these two opinions? How long? What, 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 on Sunday, you yelling hallelujah out that mouth. Then on Monday, you, you, all you do is foul language out that mouth. How long? How long? Let me ask you a question. If you was accused of being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? How long? How long? He asked them the question, and they were silent. Why? Because they wasn't ready to make a commitment. But they always ready for a miracle and a blessing. They love that. Shame gonna show some signs and wonders. They ready to they'll pack up the house for that. <laughs> but say make a commitment to the Lord or to his house. And they are silent. Jesus, my Lord. Mm -hmm. Can I give you another sidebar? Yes. If you're not ready for a commitment, stop looking for a miracle. Stop searching for blessings if you ain't ready to make a commitment. We have to be hot or cold. You know, that's what, that's what, that's what the Lord said in Revelation. We got, we got to be hot or cold. He said, when you're lukewarm, you make me sick to my stomach and I'll spew you out my mouth. Here's the thing that amazed me, Elder John. We had a conversation about this once before. The Muslims stand up for their God. Listen, they don't even kill for their God and won't apologize for it. <laughs> Because they have that much commitment to their God. Yes. Right or wrong, they have that commitment. Yeah. We can't even come to church on Sunday. Mm. Must let's stand up for our God. Yeah. Yeah. How long? How long? The world came out the closet and we jumped in the closet. <laughs> Amen. Because we're scared. I told you it was going to be rough today. But y'all will be all right. Let me show you what, what David said. Just put it on the screen. Put Psalm 119 on the, on the screen for me. Look what David said in Psalm 119, verse 13. He says, I hate the double-minded, but I love the law, your law. <laughs> put James up there, James 1. We should all know this. But look what it says in James 1. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Next verse. But let him ask in faith, without doubting, for if he doubts, he's like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind. Listen to this. For let not that man, the one that's being tossed, can't make a decision, one that's wobbling, one that can't make a commitment to God, let him suppose that he's not received anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. 
See, if you're going to be double-minded, wobbling around, this side, that side, one minute, this side, the next minute, don't ask God for nothing. God says, I ain't going to give it to you because you're double-minded. That means you're unstable in all your ways. Y'all quiet. This will be all right. So, here's the thing. If we're going to be this way, the only thing we can expect is what we can create. And so we do, we create our own little world, our own little reality, and we live in that little world reality thinking that we're going to be all right. That's only going to sustain you for a little bit of time. That's what Ahab figured out, that I need the Lord. I need him to bring rain because I can't do it without him. Mm-hmm. Let me give you another, can I give you another sidebar? Don't, don't expect God to support you while you with somebody else. See, even the law won't let you do that. Now, we break up, I might be obligated to take, take care of you. But as soon as you find somebody else, that's not his problem. And so if you want something, you got to go to the one you with, not the one you used to be with. <laughs> y'all quiet, y'all right? Yeah. So you want God to, 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 to pay the bill while you hang out with another God. You want him to support you while you, while you court another gods. Because mm. I don't get down like that. If you want to roll with me, you got to be down with me. And I'll support you. I'll take care of you. So my question to you is, what you going to do? I, I, want, now I'm, I only got a little bit more of my sermon left. But I want you all to pay attention to this, this dance that Autumn and Tanya are about to do for me. They've done it before, but it fit my sermon. All right. So I'm going to have him do it again. Right. And my question to you as you're paying attention to this is, what you going to do? Yeah. What you going to do? Like that. You got to be white or black. So, let, so let, me, let, me, let me bring some balance to this. There's nothing wrong in having things. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, a house or a car or money or, you know, whatever you, you have accumulated on this earth. There's nothing wrong with having those things. The problem is those things can become God's if you don't have your priorities straight. Yeah. You can have those things, but none of those things have you. To the point where you're so consumed by these things that you forget about God. That's when it becomes a problem. I want you to go get yours. I want you to be blessed. I want you to, the Bible says, I want you to prosper even as your soul prosper. I want, I want you to prosper. I want so that God's kingdom can prosper. I want you to get your blessing. Amen. But then once you get it, you can't forget about God. Amen. You, can't, you can't put God on a back burner because all you do is be consumed with your stuff. Oh, I can't come to church because I got my stuff. Mm. Oh, I can't, can't, can't do this, God, because, I, because now you're chipping away at your commitments. And when you chip away at your commitments, then you don't see the supernatural. When you don't see the supernatural, then you're worried about God. God, help me. He says, ah, that's that double mind. Don't work like that. You got to pick one. Amen. And so, and so, and what I, so I, mean, I want to encourage you, church, we got to make some commitments. So my question to you is, what you going to do? What you going to do? Let me, get, let me get back to my text so I can close this thing out. Because y'all too quiet for me today. So I'm going to hurry up and close this thing out so you can go home. Amen. Let's get back to our text. So the people, here's the problem that messed me up with our text. The people saw that Elijah was outnumbered and nobody stood up with him. Now all of Israel's gathered, 850 false prophets standing there, Elijah's standing there by them. Nobody in Israel said, yo, we're going to stand with the man of God. He had to stand by himself. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing to stand even though you might be outnumbered? 
Are you willing to stand for the Lord even though you may not be as popular as you used to be? Are you willing to stand for Christ even though you might be blackballed? Let's keep reading our text. Go down to verse 23. So here's the plan. Look what Elijah said. He says, now bring two bowls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they want first. Y'all go ahead and pick y'all bull, so y'all think I set this thing up. You pick the one you want, cut it into pieces, lay it on the wood um, of the altar, but without setting a fire to it, uh, he said, I will prepare the other bull and lay no fire on it, on the altar, and not set a fire to it. Go to the next verse. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people said, yeah, we like that test. They, they spoke up then because they want to see a show. When it was time for them to make a commitment, everyone was silent. But now it's time for the spectacle and the show. Oh, yeah, bring on the show. Go to the next verse. Then Elijah called the people well, I'm, I'm going to get to this one in a minute. Let me explain what's going on here. So, why is it so important for the fire? Why, why did Elijah set up this whole fire thing? You know why? Because Baal was supposed to be the god of fire. So, I'm going to pull on the strength of your god and see if your god is still better than my god. It's supposed to be the where he's supposed to shine his fire, right? All right, better let's see if he can bring some fire. So let me tell you what they did. They, they got the bull. They cut it into pieces. They, they, they had an altar. They laid the bull on the altar. And the prophets of Baal began to call on Baal. They started dancing. They started shouting. So let's just let you know the dance and shouting don't get your breakthrough. Especially when there's no commitment. Ain't nothing wrong with the dance and the shout, but make sure the commitment's there first. Yeah. Let me get to my text. So anyway, so, so they dancing, and they calling on Bell. Bell, answer us. Bell, answer us. Now, this is morning, right? This is the morning time. Nothing happened. Around noon, Elijah said, uh, he's all messing with him. He said, um, where's Bell? Maybe, the Bible says, maybe he's relieving himself. <laughs> maybe he's using the bathroom. or maybe he's, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's on a journey. So they got mad. The Bible says they start using swords and cutting themselves. You be careful what people want to cut on themselves. That's an unclean spirit is getting them to do that. Yep. Slitting their wrists and things like that. Yep. So they begin to cut on themselves and thought that their blood would appease Baal. Baal never showed up. Elijah waited till the late afternoon. He said, y'all done? He said, all right, now check this out. This is what he did. First thing he did was he gathered, look what he did, look at verse 30. Then Elijah called the people, said, come here, come over here. And they crowded around him, and he repaired the altar where the Lord had been torn down. The altar of the Lord which had been torn down. So, so, so look what Baal did. I mean, look what Elijah did. He, he gathered all the people together, and he rebuilt God's house, the place of sacrifice, the altar. And that's what we have to do, church. That's what we've been commissioned to do. We've been gathered to gather all the nations of the earth back to the altar. We're going to repair the altar so they can offer up a sacrifice on it. We as a church, that's our job. We've got we to gotta repair the altar in the presence of the people. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to get our thing right first. So we've got to get our commitment so we can show them commitment so they can want the same thing. Amen. Amen. So, so he said, he said, I'm going to take mine a step further. He rebuilt the altar. Then he says, dig a trench around it. 
dig a trench around the altar. He, he placed the wood there. He placed the bull there. He said, go get some water. Pour it into the, in the, in the trench that you built around it. They poured water in the trench. He said, get some more water. They did it three times. The water was overflowing out the trench. He said, all right, now watch this. He called on his God. Immediately, God sent down fire. Listen to what, listen to what the fire did. It consumed the bull. It consumed the wood. It licked up all of the water that was around the trench. And it licked up the stone. What kind of fire you know that can destroy stone? The, the stone disappeared. That's fire from heaven. Yeah. It didn't take him 20 years. He had to cut himself. He had to dance around and shout. All he did, see, God saw Elias' commitment. Yeah. Look, look, look what it says here. Look at this, look at this verse. I got to show you this. Look at verse 36. It says, at the usual time of offering in the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed. Listen to what he prayed. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, provide today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Provide that I may, um, that I have done all these things at your command. Elijah is pretty much saying, God, I'm committed to your word. Because I'm committed to your word, I know you're going to be committed to what I'm calling on your word to do. And because of that, this is what God did. He poured out, out of heaven fire. It looked up everything, and they sitting there saying, what in the world happened? Now you understand, Elijah didn't on a mission. He started killing them prophets of Baal. He started knocking them off. Listen, and now, now, now all of Israel, now Israel got his back. <laughs> now Israel want to be, oh yeah, we on God's team. Yeah, yeah. Because they had a, a, a show. And a lot of times people in church need a show in order for them to make a commitment. So if I ain't, <laughs> if I ain't doing that, then there's no commitment. If I ain't climbing over the chairs and acting a fool, then there's no commitment. If I come in here and give you a show, I can hoop if I had to. Come in, man, man. Come, get, come in the keyboard. I'm sure. Don't believe I can hoop. I'm going to take the same text. I'm going to hoop. Put, put, do, any key, A flat, whatever. No, 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 no. Just, just, just give me the chord. Just give me the chord. Just give me A flat. Mm -hmm. And the Lord, he went down. No, I got to get a different key. Give me an E flat. Here we go. And the Lord, and it came to pass. Come on, come on, modulate me. Take me up to the next key. Come on here. Here we go. Put me an F. Put me an F. You got to get it get the right key. And the Lord, there we go. And it came to pass at the Lord's time that he offered up the offering unto the Lord. And the evening came. Somebody say evening. Say evening. He offered up the sacrifice. He offered up the sacrifice. And when he offered up fire, somebody say fire. It came down. And it came down from heaven. Hallelujah. Fire came down. It came down. can do it. Fire. Ooh. I can do it. But me giving you a show ain't giving you no word. I want you to have some substance that's going to compel you to make a commitment. 
It's not about the show. Now I ain't got no problem with hoopers. I got friends who are hoopers. That's what they do. That's how they get down. (laughs) But if that's what you need for you to say yes, then that's something wrong with you. If I got to stir your emotions for you to make a commitment to God, then it's a problem. If I got to dance on a chair, say yes, say yes. If I got to do all of that just for you to say yes, this is a problem. You say yes based off of your love for God, not because I'm giving you a show. Amen. It was Elijah's commitment that got called down the fire. It was Elijah's commitment that, that, that got him the miracle that he was looking for. And God, look, Elijah said, God, I want you to do this so the people can see that you are God. I want, I want you to show them that you are the true and living God and that they have fallen by the wayside and saw finally. He said, they didn't follow you, God. And so that's exactly what happened again. Of course, they got back on track because of the show. And, and, they, and they start following God again. And then, you know, Elijah went on his way. And then, of course, we know what happens later on in the chapter. Because later on in the chapter, he says, go tell Ahab to get his chariots ready because here come rain. He's out here the sound of the abundance of rain. And that's when he saw the cloud. You know, we, we know the whole story. I did that before. But the point I'm trying to make here, church, is what you going to do? How long are you going to keep wobbling between two opinions? When are you going to make a commitment? To God. Now listen, making a commitment don't mean you're going to be perfect. But it's making a commitment, God, I'm going to live for you. God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm I'm, going to do your will in my life because I realize that I'm better with you than I am without you. We're going to make a commitment to the things of God and to the calling that's on your life. Everybody in this room has a calling. And the problem is that we have not made a commitment to the calling because we don't want to be accountable. Accountability is a bad word nowadays. See, I can come in here every Sunday and preach, you, preach about your, your blessing and your breakthrough. Just turn around three times and your breakthrough's right there. But ain't going to make you grow. The, the goal is growth, spiritual maturity. I could, I could preach about prosperity. I mean, I, you know, I'm a kingdom preacher. I could preach about the kingdom. I could take you through that, walk you all through Matthew, and preach every week about all the good things that God's going to give you. But when am I going to ever give you some word that's going to challenge you in your spirit to grow and to be better? Again, no one in this room, including myself, is perfect. But we still have to make a spiritual commitment. My people say, Pastor, how come I don't see the supernatural? You got to check your commitment level. How come I don't see the power of God move in my life? Where's your level of commitment? And commitment is not just attending church. How often do you read your word when I don't tell you to turn there? How often are you in prayer except when I say let us pray? If this is the only time you're in your word, if the only time you lift your hands and worship is when I ask you to, it's a problem. And, and, and if the truth be told, even when I ask most of you to, you still don't do it. The truth hurts sometimes. There has to be a, a spiritual commitment. If we want, listen, this thing that God did for Elijah, Elijah was just a man just like everybody else. You got to read the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews tell us, I think it was in chapter 11, that Elijah was just like us. I might, I might have to teach y'all that. He, he, he says in the book of Hebrews, Elijah was, all the things Elijah did was great and wonderful. Even Elisha did double what he did. 
But he says, you can do those same things even greater, but all you got to do is do what these guys did. Have a level of commitment to the things of God, and then God will bring forth the revelation in your life, and he will bring forth the miracles and the supernatural in your life. So again, my question to your church is, what you going to do? What you going to do? How long you going to keep wobbling around? Waver between two opinions. Make a choice and make the right choice and follow God. Come on, stand on your feet. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast. To hear this sermon again or get caught up with past sermons, you can download the Mixcloud app and search Manifest Glory. Or you can search for MGWC's Rhema Talk podcast in the iTunes store on your iPhone or iPad. Also, don't forget to like MGWC on Facebook and go to mdwc.net to get caught up on all the latest church announcements. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast, and we hope you will join us next time.